And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I don't know if you know this, Doc Manson, but you're an actual PhD. Yes. Yes, I am. But, uh, I did know that. Who are but you? But, I'm are DC Matthews. I could be. Maybe this whole, the whole reason why I remain so anonymous is I am the secret child. I'm the secret child. I'm Hornswoggle's twin brother who inherited, um... More size. Who you might say inherited all the size. Well, he's got some size. Even people okay. who are vertically challenged or whatever the PC term is. Look, I've offended people again. I believe it's little person. I believe that's the current. That is honestly, that is what we're going with here. Sorry, Doc Manson at over. Doc Manson. No, no, over. no, no. All I'm going to say is if that's the appropriate term, if that's what they've decided to be called, that's fine. But you, I teach children, and children hate being called little. So what has exactly happened where eventually once they got older, all of a sudden it was okay? I don't know. Well, I think it's because children aren't little people. They're children. It's different. Um, I'm, I'm going to send this out to the neighborhood. If you are a little person, to use the politically correct phrasing, or if you know a little person, send us an email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Perhaps you'll be the only one, since we got no emails this week. And uh, explain to me why that is the appropriate term. That's my homework assignment for the week. All right. Um, There's a lot of shows on television uh, that leverage that demographic these days. There's a lot of shows on television, period, that leverage every de- demographic, which is why the phrase Honey Boo Boo is something that exists. Well, in all fairness, that's true, but Honey Boo Boo and that type of show sort of went away, and I feel like we're in a glut of uh, shows revolving around the trials and tribulations of little folk. You may be right. What I know is since we don't have cable, when we go stay someplace, like when we go up to the Great White North and stay... At this cabin, which of course has cable TV, because I'm not a savage. Uh, When we go to these cabins, the only shows we seem to be able to find are shows about loving it or listing it or flipping it. It's a whole lot of shows about houses, which I think is... I like those shows. You like I, well, their shows are fine. It's just it's insulting to me as someone who's in the market of looking for a home and can't seem to be able to find one. It feels like they're just they're talking down to me. What are you talking? They're about? making me feel they're, they're bad about myself. They're giving you ideas. Well, you should feel bad about yourself because I'm not buying a house yet. You're indecisive. That's your problem. We saw GQ just the other day, and I have to tell you, he did not make homeowning sound like an exciting thing. It is, and it isn't. All right. Well, we'll be back with the joys and tribulations of owning a home in just a few minutes. But now let's actually get to DDT Wrestling. Why you have paid your good-earned... Well, you don't pay money. Why you've come here to the DDT Wrestling feed on iTunes... Wait, so why did you open by stroking my ego 
and reinforcing that I am, in fact, a PhD. Why? Well, I why wanted to use the natural Shelton Benjamin thing because I was writing down kind of the events of the week, one of which is that Shelton Benjamin has or is going to make his return uh, to the E, as it were, the W-W-E. Um, and so I thought that would be because we've made that, that is, I think for both of us, perhaps a, one of our favorite Wrestle Silly moments of all time. And Absolutely. so I thought that would be a way. I didn't expect it to become an almost five-minute segue into Little People and uh, our own version of Bob Vila's This Old House. Well, I so. mean, you decided to be insensitive, so I felt like I had to set the record straight in right. the I'd like to bring of the show. I should bring this up on a private earful where we will be listening to or we'll be watching episode three of the Cruiserweight Classic. But I'd just like to point out, on the last week's show... When talking about the wrestler Kenneth Johnson, I happened to nickname him Gangly Gus, and I was called out by you. Thankfully, Me? nobody else. But I, don't by, think I called you out. I think you were talking about how that was an offensive nickname. I don't think I said that. But either way, I'd like to point out somebody told me that his real nickname, her his real independent wrestling name, was Wheezy Woo. And I'd like to point out that Gangly Gus would be a large improvement over Wheezy Woo as a wrestling name. Continuing this, let's. What is the worst wrestling name you've ever heard? It might be Wheezy Woo. Besides that, in WWE or you know the Gobbly Gooker. All right, that's a good one. There was a team in WCW named the Ding Dongs. Well, they looked like Ding Dongs, didn't they? Well, they looked like they had bells on them, and they had a bell in their corner because they were a tag team, and whenever one of them was in the ring, the other one was in the corner ringing the bell. Mm. What about Rockin' Robin? Clever, I suppose. Wait, is that a wrestler? I know it's a yes, song. It's but a it, female. Actually... It, was a, it was a female okay. wrestler from I like the 80s. So. For a moment, I had this feeling of panic where I was like, wait a minute, is that just a song? I'm pretty sure there was a wrestler. No. Okay, yes, there was. Good. Yes. In the I'm Velvet McIntyre No, in the Velvet McIntyre, Leilani Kai, Fabulous Moolah era, there was one. Anyways. Welcome to DDT Wrestling. It is a new era, and so in celebration of the new era, we are going to continue to do our same old no, podcast where no we talk about though. Oh my god. Sorry, you've got me thinking now, and this probably is better off for a private earful when we get back to doing one of our lists. But you know what? Dolph Ziggler is a terrible name for a wrestler. You mean number one contender for the world title, Dolph Ziggler? Yes, that one. That is a terrible name. He sounds like he's some sort of, um, you know. Well, I believe it's a play on, I don't even remember the name of the movie, not that I've ever seen it, but Mark Wahlberg at one point plays an adult movie star, isn't it Dirk Diggler? I think it's yeah. kind of a play on that, Dirk Diggler, Dolph Ziggler, it's not that far apart. Mm. But I suppose he's kind of made it work. So, Still so Doc, good. so Doc, I gotta ask you, mm-hmm. what did you do today to offend four people? Because this morning I started during Monday Night Raw, I realized that you were close to a thousand followers on Twitter at Doc Manson, and I tried to start a campaign, and I got some people on board. And this morning you were at one thousand followers. When I look right now, you're at nine hundred and ninety-six. I was Don't at nine hundred ninety-five you- only. Uh- Scant 20 minutes ago. Don't you know you have to continue tweeting like every 15 minutes? You've got to send out some a bone mo or some sort of tweet to get people excited. I don't think that really works for me. 
I think it I does. I don't think anybody's reading my tweets. I think I'm well, it's because you got into the void. The more you tweet, the more people will read them. We got to get you using hashtags. Mm-hmm. You did do the whole know. retweet if you like this or like if you like yeah, the other thing. And I don't think anybody retweeted or liked it. I thought I did, so, but I could be uh, wrong. You commented on it, but oh well, I tend to do that because I think yeah. Anyways, all right. Yeah. So my um, engagement is not high. That's for sure. Um... I don't know. Like, do you think we need to hire like a consultant, a social media? I don't consultant? think anybody is interested in my unique brand of negativity humor when it comes to wrestling. I don't think that's true. I think snarkiness and cynicism does get popular. Well, you just I, run... I think that there's plenty of other accounts out there that do it way better. Mm, so... I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, think so. they do it louder and to that a wider be. audience. But I can't say, with the exception of that WWE creative. Which is probably my favorite mm. Twitter account out there. Um, but anyways, welcome back, Fishman at Fishman SA three twenty five. We didn't get any emails this week, so we did a Ask DDT hashtag hashtag Ask DDT. Uh, feel free, everybody to keep... out there. What are you doing? You're slipping. Where's our emails? Have we gotten any new reviews on the tunes? No. Has on anybody? The has everybody just stopped listening to the show? I don't know if you realize this. But our metrics are much higher around WrestleMania season. Yes. We're staying relatively consistent. I'm looking at the metrics right now. But we're not growing, if that's your concern. Mm. Let's mm. ponder that for a few minutes and continue to not talk about wrestling. <laughs> I'm sure there's a joke in there about the male anatomy somewhere. but I'm gonna Let's, let's ponder why we're not getting more listeners as we sit here quietly... And talk about it. Speaking of actually things, generally I go to you um, for the business side of things when it comes to professional wrestling. Have you had time to look over? Uh, I think uh, the second quarter ended, so I believe WWE has released their figures and really? things. No, I didn't see that. Let me go check it out. Then I will do the investigative journalism myself. Uh, record revenue. All right, so this is the following report here. Revenue increased 32% to a record $199 million. Uh, WWE Network reached a record of 1.52 million average paid subscribers over the second quarter. A 25%. It says 1.52 million average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which represented a 25% increase from the second quarter of 2015. And that was pretty much it, I think. I don't think there was... They talked about their deal with China. Um, but, the, you know... We've talked on this program many times about how ratings don't matter when it comes to uh, TV. Their TV ratings have been good the last two weeks, obviously, between the draft and the first episodes of the new era. Um, mm-hmm. The new Raw and the new SmackDown Live. Um, but, you know, things seem to be good. I would imagine quarter three will be even better. I mean, honestly, a year and a half ago, two years ago, I don't know, when did the network launch? A year and a half ago? A little more than that? Uh, it was 2014. February 2014. Yeah. That's when I came back into the wrestling world with the advent I mean, of WWE Network. I mean, even then, when it initially launched, it was just out in this territory, and it only had a subscriber rate of something like 500,000 people or 600,000 people. Even at that time, 
the writing was on the wall that it was going to be a massive success, even if they just sustained those subscriber numbers. And at this point, we're talking about triple those numbers. So, I mean, this is a, this was you know back in a time when everybody was saying, "Oh, the network's going to sink the company." Nah, nah, nah. Look at the numbers; they're going to be fine. I called it way back then, and it's only paying off. You know, massive dividends now that they've actually been able to expand into other territories. And as we've seen their business model, they're expanding into China. They're picking up these international talents. There's, they show no signs of stopping uh, the success train. So, I mean, at the moment, this company's got carte blanche. They're ready to go. I think you're right. And, you know, based off of what has been probably the most successful, positively received week of wrestling that we've seen, I know, since we started the show. By the way, sir, happy anniversary a little early. And it's a shame that I know that, but July 31st, 2015, sadly, was the passing of Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and we... Nobody heard it, but we recorded <laughs> our very first podcast on the date that Roddy Piper passed away. Is that uh, the only podcast we've ever lost? I think so. That is the only lost podcast, the very first one, because a Chromebook does not have very good recording features that I am aware of. Um, but yes, since then, so a year ago, it has only been a year, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, that we have casted some pods and provided some oral, that's A-U-R-A-L, oral uh, excitement for the people of the neighborhood. So, that oral joke wasn't funny on By the Book either. How dare you? That's how dare it. I listen to By the Book? I agree. Boy. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got you a present for a, our one year anniversary. Cancellation. Very nice. Um, Very nice. How do you Who feel? How do you feel a year in? This should be something we wrap the show up with, but... I mean, did you think we would make it a year? Because I think we've been doing this for a year, and I... I mean, with the exception of your lavish vacations, I don't think we've missed a week. No, and you know what? I think it's nice that if if you were to go somewhere, if you had obligations, or if I have obligations, you know, we're able to pick up the slack with either the fantastic Manson Family Podcast, or apparently the terrible uh, <laughs> By the Book slash Pontificasts, whatever. So yeah, well, I, everybody I, seems to listen to those just as much as they do this show. So I, 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 I can't. Uh... I, I believe I said to myself, this is going to go one of two ways. This is either going to be a fantastic endeavor that. You know, perhaps will result in a T-shirt and a small but loyal fan base, or it would result in us never speaking to each other again. Um, and there's still a chance that that could happen. There's always a chance of that, but I've seen you more in the last 363 days than probably in the last 10 years before that. So, and am I going to see you on Tuesday? Because we never, I, I never got the end of that conversation. Well, it's because GQ. Was like sending all sorts of stuff, and he's making me crazy. So uh, I believe, yes, I will see you Tuesday. Anyways, let's actually talk about what's going on currently in WWE. Yeah, now we're fifteen minutes into this wrestling. We had we had Battleground. We had Raw. First ever, or not a first ever, but the first of the new brand Raw. We have a new title. We have new contenders. We had a new SmackDown Live. How are you feeling? Uh, as we enter into the brand extension era, sir. I'm sort of feeling as though if I were not 
on a podcast with a small but loyal fan base, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling sort of fatigued. I think I I might stop watching Raw or SmackDown for a little bit. Now, are you feeling? There's just there's so much going on right now, and nothing has been settled. And I just I just kind of want to go away. And I feel like they're just treading water right now. I just want to go away for a month or two and come back once they finally have figured out what it is they're actually doing. And so, just so you're saying like, you want to you want to basically stop watching now and watch again at SummerSlam to see if things have improved? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. The week to week television this week did not give me any great hope. For now the let's. Future. I, I want to give you a chance to explain it because you tend to have minority opinions, anyways. But in this particular instance, I think your opinion is extremely in the minority because, like I said, the general, you know, public reception to the last week of wrestling, besides the fact that there was just a lot of it, um, was predominantly positive. So let's talk about Raw. Let's start there, because you came out Monday night or Tuesday morning with a tweet. I don't have it in front of me, but it basically said something about how this doesn't seem that new and different. Besides the Sasha Banks thing, which you did claim you liked. which you, mm-hmm. you, um, Talk about your feelings about uh, Monday Night Raw. Okay, so Monday Night Raw began with me having to listen to Stephanie McMahon. This is never a good way to start a show. Um. And I'm really, really hoping that the commissioners don't show up on Raw regularly. Part of my, you know, let's take a month off, come back and see what happens, is maybe by that point Stephanie will be only showing up periodically? Uh, I don't know. And then beyond that, we go, in that opening segment, we have them give a free pass to Seth Rollins, because of course they would, to get him straight to SummerSlam. He doesn't have to win a match. He doesn't have to earn his spot. He just gets the straightaway to SummerSlam. And then they set up these two fatal four-ways that you just looked at on paper, and I sent out the... You can check my Twitter feed, folks. As soon as they made those matches, I said... I think the... I don't have it in front of me, but I think the tweet is literally, quote... The smart money is on Balor versus Reigns tonight, Right? Because there was no other way that those matches were going to end. And then, lo and behold, over the course of two hours, that's exactly what we found out. That it was going to be Balor and Reigns in the main event. So nothing remotely um, engaging or dynamic. Everything is just purely predictable based off of the folks that they're throwing into the matches. And then we get to the main event... And because we're on the Roman Reigns was just suspended train, they're running through they're, they're running through the suspension playbook. They're they're painting by the numbers here. What did they do with Titus O'Neil as soon as he came back from his suspension? DC, what was the first thing they did with Titus O'Neil when he came back from his suspension? What did they do? He, he lost to Rusev. Yeah, and it was for you know a title opportunity. Um, or a title in that case in particular. But that's exactly what they're doing with Roman Reigns. They're running the playbook. They're, he's in the, you know, eat some poop phase of the return because there's egg on their face and now they got to spread it around on his as well. So 
yeah, okay. It makes pretty much perfect sense that they would have Balor, their, one of their top, what, three picks, right? Um, be the person they put over in that match. And lo and behold, now we've got Reigns and Balor at SummerSlam. Woo! Great. Fantastic. Rollins. Where's the engaging Rollins. storytelling? Rollins. Oh, that's what I meant to say. I misspoke. I meant Rollins. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still, where's, there's, there was no, there was nothing exciting about the story they told on Monday. It was predictable from the opening segment. The opening segment. But that's for you. You were able to see the writing on the wall. And I think the problem is, and I know you're getting heated, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. Calm down, Bobby. It's okay. All right. Calm down. Calm down. Um, People love the rants, though. Rants equal ratings. Controversy creates cast. Uh, However, you know, I think a lot of people were predicting that Balor would look good but would not advance in that first Fatal 4-Way match. I don't know. You know, I think a lot of people wanted Balor to succeed. I think a lot of people hoped he might advance to the number one contendership. But I don't necessarily think a lot of people were predicting it as you did. I figured they might have thought that Rusev or someone would advance so that Roman Reigns could win. Because if Roman Reigns had won, we'd be having this exact same conversation, but perhaps you would be even a little more heated because... All right, so let me just go in a little further into my dissatisfaction with Raw, because I accept your points. I accept them. Okay, but you're not necessarily wrong. You're not no, necessarily I'm not, wrong. I'm not conceding that I'm wrong. I, I think I'm right. But I, I, I understand your points. I hear them loud and clear. Okay. Number, here, here's my second main point here, though. I watched an entire show on Monday night that ultimately was about three people. It was about Rollins, Reigns, and Balor. And two weeks ago, before this draft, if you had asked me if I was excited at all to see some more Rollins versus Reigns... On Raw, my answer would have been no. And then if you wanted to ask me, you know, two or three weeks ago how I was feeling about Balor on the NXT roster, if I wanted to see him face anybody, the answer would have been no. As you well know, we are, you, not just me, you also have expressed on this very show your dissatisfaction with the treatment of the Balor character. Um, He is... In all fairness, a black hole of charisma. He has zero personality. He is a dude who wrestles well. That is all that he is. That is the sum of his parts. And I'm not excited by Balor. Him magically just showing up on Raw after teasing it and teasing it and teasing it on Twitter for the last two months, that's not satisfying. If that had been, you know... Something that, that had not been telegraphed so heavily by the talent. I think following him, I don't actually follow him on Twitter, but just seeing the, the people retweeting that stuff, it ruined any sort of build-up to his actual debut for me. And it being that I'm also not invested in him as a performer, as a personality, I suppose. I don't want to take anything away from the man. He's an excellent um, you know, wrestling performer. But at the same time, that's three talents I am not interested in. And now you're telling me that this show is was built around them. And not only was it built around them, but now you're telling me that at least two of those three people is going to be the main event spot from now until SummerSlam. Oh, great. I can't wait to watch Raw next week. Now, that said, bring, I'll, I'll bring it back a minute. Raw was a great wrestling show, right? There was a lot of really good wrestling on that show. 
Um, there, there was a lot of matchups that were very entertaining. Like, I don't want to come across as pure hate on this, right? Um, that show was a good wrestling show on Monday night. It was. But as I've said a thousand times, I need more than good wrestling to be invested in this product. Mm-hmm. I need storytelling. So what it boils down to here, and tell me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is good show, but you as a single entity, Doc Manson, would prefer the focus be on other characters in the show. If we were sitting here today and it was going to be Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens beat Chris Jericho in the finals of that thing, would you be would you be telling me the same story? I would be happier about it. I mean, again, Rollins, to me, is dead on arrival. Um, I don't find him engaging outside of the fact that he is talented between the ropes. He is. He's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. That's only That's only 50% at best of the equation for me. Um, so a 50% talent is in the main event. Well, see, this is, this is why we're so popular because for me, what happens in between to quote Cesaro, what happens in between those four ropes is a good portion of it. It's not everything, but it's a good portion of it. I would say for me, that's more 75%. So now I've been very adamant on the show, not wild about Finn Balor. However, what I saw on Raw was better than what I saw in NXT. And I'll go ahead. You've had a long enough expressing your unpopular opinions. Now I will offer mine. I will be highly disappointed if we see the demon at SummerSlam. If I'm WWE, I don't care. Well, if I'm WWE, I'm obviously going to care about the merch. But me personally, I don't care about the merch sales. I am putting the demon in a drawer, and I'm breaking him out at the Royal Rumble at the earliest, if not waiting for WrestleMania. And because I think my problem with Finn Balor in NXT was I never got to learn who Finn Balor was before all of a sudden this demon guy came around, and I'm trying to figure out the difference between the two. Take some time to establish who Finn Balor is, and then give me the demon. Follow-up question along those same lines. Please. When is it going to become the Balor Club? When are they all going to get hooked up? I would hold off on that, too. I would hold off on that, too. I think inevitable in the career of Finn Balor in WWE if we let's say he he's 35 it's he turned... inevitable in the next year because that's when the next draft happens they're they put them on the same roster right now with the intent to do that within the next 12 months that's my guess and if it, that means they're going to do it before the next draft so they're going to let that breathe for at least six months right mm-hmm. I don't know I'm hoping not again I need to know more about who Finn Balor is beside, you know, besides an affiliation with the club and besides a, uh, you know, AJ Styles debuted at the Rumble, did not join up with Gallows and Anderson until a few months later, which gave us a few months to figure out who AJ Styles was as a competitor. Now, we knew him for years previous. But for the average fan, they t- they took them a while. He went through his entire Jericho feud before finally 
aligning with Gallows and Anderson. I would hope they would do something similar. And I think the problem they're going to run into is how do you tell this story without it looking almost exactly like how they just told the story with AJ Styles? You just had, you know, old friends from Japan meeting, AJ's a face, the, the club are heels, they have a little bit of conflict, and then AJ turns heel. Is that are we doing it again with Finn Balor now? Maybe. I don't know. I'm excited for the match. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins is going to be a match I will highly enjoy watching. I am higher on Seth Rollins than you. Um, he is not necessarily the face of the company, but at the same time, he is one of my favorite wrestlers to watch in WWE. Um so I don't have as big of a problem with it. Let's get to a question. Hashtag ask DDT. We might break that out from time to time. And our good friend uh, Fishman has come from, you know, out of nowhere. He was in Parts Unknown for a while at FishmanSA325. I missed hearing from him. Glad to see him back. He wants to know. Let me actually get the whole thing here. He wants to know from you... Is WWE Brass going to push Balor too quickly, or is it right place, right guy, right time? Well, obviously you have... Is this the right guy? That's my first question. I I don't know. Dude's talented. I guess so. Uh, I've never seen... I've never... I haven't seen anything that's been engaging to me, mm -hmm. uh, personality-wise, promo-wise... But did, I mean, did obviously, you watch, I'm in the minority. A lot of people love this guy. So did you watch the main event? The right guy. Did you watch the main event part of Raw? I'm guessing not, because it involved Reigns and Balor. Uh, I think I did watch it. All right, I think I watched. He it. counted I think I watched the Raw. He counted the spear into a sling blade, which I thought was cool. You know, and he, you know, have, that was cool, and I think it was. Also, not the sixth dozenth time he used the yes. sling blade in that match. He only broke it out. A couple of times, mm -hmm. or maybe that was the only time in that match. I, I didn't feel like that it was overused in that match. But you go back a couple of weeks to when he was facing Shinsuke Nakamura, and he sling bladed his way across the ring about thirteen times. And I was like, if we were playing a drinking game, I would be dead right now. Um, so I don't know if that's particularly engaging either. But. So let me ask you this, based on uh, our good friend Fishman's question: If you were running the show. And Finn Balor was called up. You didn't have any control of that, but you got to put Finn Balor in his... You know, you got to figure out where you wanted Finn Balor to go for his first run in WWE. What would he be doing right now? I don't know. Would he be... I don't, I don't know if I would have called him up. I know, well, I'm, but I'm saying... I, I understand that's what your first answer would be. I'm taking that option away from you and saying, okay. let's say for whatever reason, you have to keep him in WWE. Do you put him in a feud with Chris Jericho in terms of the Battle of the Rocket Rollers? Do you have him go after the U.S. title and he's challenging Rusev? Is he, you know, do you put him with the club right away and they're going for the tag team titles? Is he fighting Bo Dallas on Superstars? I think I would put him with the club. Only because I know nothing about him. He, I, I've been watching him on NXT for how long now? And I literally know nothing about his personality. If he was going to show me something, I, I imagine I would have seen it by now. We have to interrupt with uh, breaking news. A year ago, uh, we had to report 
unfortunately, uh, the passing of Roddy Roddy Piper. And today, July 29th, 2016, I need to report uh, that ZZ was released from his WWE contract. It's the 28th. What did I say? The 29th. Well, they're going to hear it on the 29th. But I suppose oh. he did get released on the 28th. This is what happens when you're a teacher. You have no idea what day it is. Do you even know who ZZ is? No. Did you watch Breaking Ground? No. Or the last season of Tough Enough? No. Um, ZZ is a... Uh, imagine if I grew up in the South, had long blonde hair, wrestled alligators, and was... and it was. But it, I'm maintaining my size and trying to be a professional wrestler. Just take a minute to fantasize how that would work out. What would was happen... There a lot of, was there any oil involved? Uh, a little bit. What would happen during those strenuous workouts? Would I fake an injury and go to the training room? Probably. And did that... Is that what ZZ did? Yes, he did. When? On breaking ground or something? I, th- I don't remember. Yes, I think it was breaking ground. He was at the performance center. They were doing, you know, calisthenics or something, and he claimed he had an injury, and, you know, the coaches were yelling at him to come back and push through, and he just walked, you know. He was a guy that obviously was going to get released. I don't. They hired him because he had some sort of charisma, this good mm. old boy. But um, anyways, sorry, just figured I should mention that. Keeping up with the breaking, breaking news. All right, so... I don't want to spend our entire show talking about, about Finn Balor. Yeah, I, I mean, he's it's here. Been pretty obvious how we feel about how yeah. I feel about him over the course of he's however he, many shows. He's here. He is contending for the WWE Universal Title. How do you feel about the name and the fact that WWE is going with this brand new belt? I'm fine with them going with a new belt. Well, I'm fine with them. Having another belt on the bra, uh, I, I'm just I'm surprised that they didn't just go with the heavyweight title um, like they did previously. And specifically about WWE Universal Championship, um, that's a stupid name. I'm pretty sure that is the common consensus. I think now here, while your opinion is somewhat negative, it is now you are in the majority. I don't know many people at all who are wild about the. It would have been better if they just called it the WWE Universe title. Like even that would have made more sense to me. Universal, that that doesn't Mm -hmm. make that just doesn't sound right. I, I don't know. I get it. It's, you know, I, I part of me gets it. It is the intercontinental title. It is not the intercontinent or a continent title. I guess. But the WWE Universe is a thing. Yes. Well, but, okay, so it was the European title, not the Europe title. Europe is a thing. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you um, know, I, I, I would, think it's dumb. I don't like I, the way it sounds. I'm not wild about it. I don't know necessarily, you know... We haven't seen a lot of new titles created in our lifetime. You know, the Intercontinental title was created in 1979. The U.S. title has been around for a long time. Um, I'm sure those names sounded odd 
to the ear at the time. But at the you know, I'm hoping, and I got this from NAI Pod. I got the idea beforehand, and this is my problem listening to NAI Pod because I listen late. I listen, I get an idea. I was at the grocery store. I had to literally push my card off to the side to send out a tweet about this, only to continue listening and realize that 60 seconds later they address exactly what I tweeted about. And so rather than delete it and save some face, I, of course, have to mention it and just further my embarrassment because that's how I roll. Um, I'm hoping this has to do with weight class. I'm hoping this has to do, this is the universal belt, as in any superstar in the WWE universe, be they, be they cruiserweight or heavyweight, uh, can compete for it. I don't know if that's actually why it's called this. Um, it could have something to do with their deal with NBC Universal. That's what a lot of people are saying online. Uh, but I, uh, I mean, your explanation about weight class is the best one I've heard. Thank um, you. You know, that's why all of a sudden you've got a guy like Zack Sabre Jr. or Neville, who is technically a cruiserweight, but he could wrestle for this title. You know, in, in my, my way of thinking, what I would do is you'd have the cruiserweight title, you would retire the United States title and call it a heavyweight title. Not a world title, but a heavyweight title, and the universal title is a belt anyone can fight for. If you wanted to even go the Lucha Underground way, which I'm not wild about, all of a sudden you have Charlotte versus Finn Balor for the universal title because anyone can fight for it. Well, that's not going to happen based off their television deals, but... No. Yeah. All right, so we generally agree the belt name could use some work. It's not the end of the world. Um, uh, let's see here. I do want to cover some of the other things that I haven't heard on a lot of the other podcasts. Um, how do you feel about squash matches or enhancement matches, um, being part of your raw experience? Are you okay with it? Do you have a problem with it? Nia Jax and Braun Strowman both had matches against relatively unknown superstars. I largely consider them to be a waste of time. But at the same time, I understand everybody saying, oh, the return of the squash match, as though that's a sudden thing, like as though it went away. But, like, I don't know how far back I'm thinking, but I remember Ryback, like, tearing through dozens and dozens and dozens of local independent people on television mm-hmm. wasn't for a he wrestling, long time. Wasn't he wrestling at one point, wouldn't he wrestle, like, two or three of them? Yes. In the same yes. match. So, I Which, mean, that may have been several years ago at this point, but I really mm-hmm. don't feel like the squash match totally went away. They just didn't have a need for it there for a while. Well, no, because you'd have a guy like Mr. Irrelevant, Curtis Axel. Let's talk about the fact that they actually called him that on the air. You know, and well, that's, Apparently that's a sports ball thing. I yes, that is a sports ball thing. The usually the last guy drafted kind of gets that nickname. I you know, and again, part of me is hoping that this is a you know, a way for Curtis Axel to rebound and be like, I'm not Mr. Irrelevant, I'm Mr. Relevant, which is his. Well that's way what of, he tried to do um whenever he appeared on Raw this week. Well, and then he got beat by Neville. Yeah. Yeah. But um you know, I, I yeah. didn't have a problem with it, and I guess what I'm realizing is squash matches work for very specific talents. Yes. Um, those talents who aren't necessarily good enough to wrestle a real match right away. You know, I loved the new look for Braun Strowman. Um, I thought that was cool. I thought it was great 
that Byron Saxton got into the ring to interview the jobber who is he lost to. That was kind of, you know, you talk new era. That was something new that you never, I don't remember ever seeing before. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, Nia Jax was fine. It's a shame she didn't use the Jax hammer. I was a little bummed about that. But, you know, these talents are, forgive me, but questionable at best. And so you need to make them look good by having them dominate people who shouldn't put up a fight. You know, right. even if he was going up against Bo Dallas, and he shouldn't be because those two should be a team. Yeah. Um, you know, Bo Dallas should be able to do enough against Braun. You're imagining the Bo and Braun team. It would be amazing. Braun Bowman. Seriously. You put him in, you know, you change his outfit a little bit. He becomes, like, his bodyguard slash he's the chief Bo Lever. That's what I wanted Mojo Raleigh to do. But. Oh, man. That'd be all right. Comedy, comedy gold. Um, so I'm okay right. with it in this instance. And I, I do think at some point we're going to see Braun Strowman wrestle like three guys. Yeah. And reverse, so. reverse choke slam all of them, which you can't call a choke slam if he's not choking you. It's a neck massage slam. I guess so. I suppose. Uh, so you just mentioned how, you know, Byron interviewed this fellow before his match with. Uh, Braun Strowman. Um, mm-hmm. did you, I don't know if you, we haven't talked at all about SmackDown yet. I don't know if you were getting there. Well, I figured but, I'd kind of cover Raw, and then, but let's jump around. I was going to say, uh, Renee up, was on SmackDown, and she interviewed quite a few people after their matches in the middle of the ring. That was different as well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an old... That was a WC... You know, I'm watching these WCW things. Mean Gene Okerlund did that all the time. Sure. You know, but at the same time... Now, here's my question, though. What is the purpose of David Otunga? They needed to find something for him to do. Why wouldn't you put Renee in that third seat and let her chime in, and then she can occasionally get up and do the interviews? You know, that was by listen, like, it, listen, listen. This is this is a more progressive company than they have ever been, but they're not quite ready for that yet. For a female announcer, yeah, at least not on television. They should get ready because it makes. She, sense. she did. She, I mean, she did that for a while in NXT. She was on the announce team, and she did admirably there as well. That was before she did the pre-show announce gig, and you know, I, I think she would be fully capable. And I do think David Otunga was a strange pick. I don't think he was as bad as maybe a lot of people expected or are saying. Um, I think he actually did better than Byron Saxton. Um, I don't know if you were listening closely to Byron Saxton, but he misspoke many many times on that robot broadcast. If it was up to me, I would only have two person commentary teams. It's very difficult to do three. We've very seen, difficult. Yeah. We've seen that. Yes. We tried absolutely. to do a three person commentary thing. We're gonna wind up doing it again probably on Tuesday, but um it's you know it's tricky to do that. And I thought Michael Cole and Corey Graves were fantastic. I would get you know send Byron Saxon off somewhere and let just the two of them go. I didn't mind Morrow and JBL. I thought they were it was fine. They were fine. Um, you know, I don't think a third person is necessary. And if it's just because you need to justify why you're paying David Otunga, send him to NXT. Send these guys to NXT and let them actually figure out what they're doing on commentary before you, you know, send them, call them up to the major leagues, as it were. Um... But yes, SmackDown. Six-pack challenge. 
Battle Royal, my probably my least favorite gimmick match of all time, a traditional Battle Royal. Uh, your thoughts on the six-pack challenge, SmackDown as a whole, Dolph Ziggler being the number one contender. Hey, so I just got done saying how Raw told me a story that I knew the outcome of in the first segment. Well, that was Raw. On SmackDown... There is no way in a million years anybody in their right mind ever would have reasonably guessed that Dolph Ziggler was coming out on top of that match. So I applaud them for that. I think that was a good choice. Um, This is a guy who they spent so much time breaking down and beating up and not getting over that you thought for sure this guy was never going to do anything of note ever again. And what they did is they built him up in this single match, and they actually put him on a pedestal. It's a meritocracy all of a sudden. A guy who actually can perform and is beloved by people is suddenly actually getting the opportunity that everybody thought he should get. Until he actually got it then, of course, and then the entire internet exploded about how it didn't make any sense for him to win, he wasn't ready, and they needed to have more reveals because we couldn't believe in him, and blah, 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 blah. Make up your mind, internet! Make it up! Make up your mind! Uh, all I can say is I was happy for Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I think he deserves it. And, I mean, that said, though, that said, to go on a little tangent on this, not a tangent, but it's, it's related, but um, I can't help but maybe think that what they're doing here is they're setting up Dean's first feud so that he's guaranteed to win. That's the only downside I see to this. Um, I don't see any chance of Dolph Ziggler beating Dean Ambrose for this belt. And I think that it's by design. This is a guy who can go. He's credible, sort of, and because he is very talented. And people have been saying for years how we should get that opportunity. And on the other hand, we've got Dean Ambrose, this guy who... I mean, a month ago, you could ask me, and I would have said, oh, I think he's probably just a transitional champion. This is a guy who they have not built up as a champion. Dean has always been a bit of an afterthought. They've never really invested, at least not recently, they haven't invested a lot of time in making him what I would say is a strong champion. So what they've done now is they've set up a feud where Dean gets to go in there, he gets to clean house, and he gets to come out the other side of it finally looking like a strong champion. Um, So I think maybe that's what they've done here, and... I hope that it's they're not just going to be as predictable as that, but something tells me that's probably the way it's going to go. But even still, I think I'm okay with that. I, I see the intent here, and I, I think it's going to work out positively in the end, at, at least for Dean. Ziggler, I imagine, will fall right back to the mid-card. But how about you? What do you think about it? That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. They picked the exact guy who is going to get some fan support. You know, it's it's a it's a great story for him. It's a feel good story and Dean Ambrose can beat him. Right. You know, Dean Ambrose has won this title. He survived, you know, the triple threat match. He survived his little mini feud with Rollins. And now he'll his first title defense on SmackDown Live. He'll win. It's a gimme. Yeah, it's yeah. a gimme. And I'm okay with that. I really am okay with that because Dean Ambrose, I think, I think if we could go forward in time to SummerSlam night, and if we could play it twice, if we could play it with the Ambrose winning, and if we could play it with Ziggler winning, fans are going to be more behind Ambrose retaining than all of a sudden Dolph Ziggler winning. You know, the guys on NAI Pod talked a whole lot about uh, this idea about pandering. 
you know, some people on Twitter were complaining because they felt like Raw was just complete pandering to the crowd. And their response was, why shouldn't we have a week where we get pandered to? We spent so long well, not being pandered to. Ex- I mean, to, to their credit, I mean, in all fairness, I, honest, I think, honestly, if you want wrestling to be great again, they should probably pander way more than they do. Yes. I think if we had seen... You know, the problem with that, I was looking at the raw results. That first fatal four way, and I only want to spend a minute on this Rusev, Cesaro, Owens, and Balor. Those are the four guys that you really kind of wanted to get that title. You know, we if, if Cesaro had won, we'd have lost our minds. If Owens had won, we'd have lost our minds. If Rusev had won, we would have been happy with it. And obviously, many people were happy about Balor. The other one, Sheamus, Reigns. <laughs> Jericho and uh-huh. Sami Zayn. People would have applauded Sami Zayn. He had, I would say, slight tangent, off my tangent, double tangent. Sami Zayn probably should be our forerunner for most valuable. Per- you know, if we have a DDT award for best performer, you know, he had an awesome match with Owens. He had an awesome match with Nakamura. You know, he's doing well. It would have been a nice little reward for him. I don't think anyone would have had a problem with Jericho, really, because he's killing it in this heel character. But you had that first Fatal 4-Way, a whole bunch of fan favorites. That second Fatal 4-Way, not so much. And again, right, we're right back to it with Raw. I didn't mention this before in my rant, but the two guys... That I, I mean, three guys, if you want to count Cesaro, but I mean, the two guys who I really want to see do something, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, are right back to where they were, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what's going to be their destiny from now mm-hmm. until at least SummerSlam. Well, and let's let's get to another Ask DDT question. This one from uh, Mitchell Monroe at TC Clockworth. Wanted to know if we... Th- Let me actually get the full thing rather than... I wrote down... The general topic, so I could know whether or not you think WWE will address women or tag team titles for SmackDown on next week's episode. Here's what happened with this week in WWE if we were going to have a review. They established their main event right away. Raw had the moment with Sasha Banks, which was great. You know, I don't believe any of this Charlotte asked for time off business. You want to start off your Raw with a bang, you do a major title change. U.S. title wouldn't have cut it. You needed to put the belt on, again, pandering, put the belt on the person everyone's been screaming about for months. Yep. But besides that, this week was settling your main event. Now you know uh, SummerSlam is Orton Lesnar, Rollins Balor, Ambrose Ziggler. Done. I hate that so much. We've talked about it on this show before. I'll let you get back to your point in a second, but... I just one of the two shows I wish they had dragged out their tournament. Yeah, I I, it been I, nice. I like a storyline where you don't quite know what that main event's going to be. D- drag that out for a couple of weeks. Well, and don't just this... give me now three weeks of back and forth between the two guys that you know it's going to be. You use that to your advantage. Fill some television by telling a story instead of just getting right to it in a single episode. Is this? the product though of having these pay-per-views so close together like is it you need to I be don't able, think so I think be... you could have you easily could pull out that tournament for two weeks and then still have two weeks of television for those two guys or I, I think that'd be plenty of time to build up that feud so especially because it doesn't have to be over 
at SummerSlam. SummerSlam can be can be the first time these guys have met. What's wrong with having a tournament? These two guys, you don't even find out until the Monday before who the guy's going to be. They meet for the first time at SummerSlam, and as long as it's a big enough draw, the two names, that's going to be fine. It's going to work out even without a story in place. And then that match is your branch, is your platform for the next three months of their feud. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. We know that they're going to wrestle four times, at least, whoever they are, because that's how WWE does things. So, take your time. Meander a little on the way. You don't think if they had done that, let's say they did that, let's say they did, even if they just took a week, which I think is what you should have done, you have those two fatal four-way matches, and next week's main event is Reigns versus Balor. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, even you know, a little wide, something, anything. Um, but at the same time, you don't think we would be hearing complaints on Twitter about, well, we still don't know well, what the match is. You know, SummerSlam's every, over. Everybody's going to complain about everything. I realize I'm not unique in that manner. I complain about everything. Everybody else complains about everything. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. You can't please anybody any of the time. It's well, I don't have a, the world. But I, I understand exactly. You make very valid points. I don't have a problem with it in this instance because Rollins and Balor and Ambrose and Ziggler have had no interaction at all. If this sure. was if this was Cena and Styles again, if this was Rollins and Reigns again, I'd be right there with you because I'd like what is what is Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns going to tell me about their relationship that I haven't heard 50 times already. Okay. But at uh, the same and, time, if they if if they waited to get to you know um that exposition until after SummerSlam, because they're going to wrestle each other three times, I'd also be okay with that. Yes. You don't have to front-load it, is my no. only point. I, I, but what I'm, what I'm looking forward to is now that this week in WWE was all about that, what I'm hoping for, and maybe this is me being an idealist, is that for the next three weeks, they can spend more time on the rest of it. You know, the question was... Do I think SmackDown's going to address the tag team title and the women's title? Yeah. I think we're going to be heading down that road, and they have time now in the next three weeks to do that. You can tell me well, what you're doing with the women's correct. title. And that's sort of, again, when, at the very beginning of the show where I said I wish I could go away for a month and just come back. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of that stuff, you're right, it's exposition that they just have to get out there. They have to just barf it all over us at some point. They just have to tell us what they're doing with all these big open-ended questions, finally. And I'm as, as, as excited as I am by the possibilities there, um, I just want them to tell me already. I just want to know what the deal is so we can move on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's been too long without an, any answers on this stuff, and clearly they're just going to do whatever it is they're going to do, like they always do. It's their product, it's fiction, it's people are writing it, and it, they make a decision and they go with it. I get it, that's the way it is. But... Just get to it already. In this well, case, I would have been just. This has fine. been drawn out too long, and contrary I, to my previous point, I would have been just fine with them giving the SmackDown Women's Title or the Universal Title. I don't know what they're going to call it to Eva Marie. Just give it to her yeah. because that was perhaps the greatest entrance I've ever seen in my entire. I'll life. tell you what. The, I would go uh, the, back. The we worst? made. We made a list of the top ten entrances. We might need to go back, because that might take my list. Where's my index card? Hey, if you want to talk about DDT Awards this year, contemporary entrances, um, that might be a contender. I don't know. Sorry, Bret Hart. I love you. 
But if that entrance continues, you might be off my list. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, Becky, after that match, she only got out, what, like two words? Becky Balboa? And then she got interrupted by... That didn't make any sense either. No, it didn't. She is... Mm. Well, everybody knows my feelings about Becky I've I've gone ahead and I've made my predictions for what I think the matches are going to be filling out the rest of the SummerSlam card. And I think we're going to see some sort of multi-woman match. You'd have to, right? It it seems that way. That's what they were setting it up for. They had to introduce us to Alexa Bliss and Carmella. They had to reintroduce us to Naomi because it's been a while. Um, You know, I don't even... Eva Marie and Natalia. You know. I think uh, when we were watching SmackDown and Naomi's uh, music hit, I believe Mrs. Manson exclaimed, oh, yeah, you, because you matter. Just wanted to throw that out there. Well, and I I don't personally think she does, but at the same time, I'm willing to, you know, I'm trying to see this brand extension. I'm trying to wipe the slate clean. That's how I feel about Finn Balor, and I swear this. I'm really going to try to have this be the last time I mention that name on this show, just because we've talked about him enough. But what do you mean, Finn Balor? Thank you. I, I would, da, da, you know, da, da, da. I'm wi- I'm willing to give it a you know clean slate for some of these people. So I'm going to try to feel that way about Naomi. All right, do whatever it is you're going to do. I feel that way about. Um, let's see here. I'm and feeling ag- that- and again. If they would just take some time, if I took some time away and I came back to it, some of the stuff just got set up and we could just be in it again. You are you are welcome to take time off if you no, want. No, I'm to. not going to take time off. But I just I just I have that fatigued feeling well, because I'm, but we I'm, are in the middle of this reboot period, and I just well, want them to figure it out already. Well, and I think that's also because we had a three hour pay per view that yeah. went over. So a three-hour and three-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view, a three-hour Raw, a two-hour SmackDown, and a one-hour NXT. You're, yeah. we're, you know, somebody tweeted just today while, I, while we were recording this show that they're relieved to have an evening where they don't have to watch WWE programming. Yeah. You know, that's four days. And here we days. are podcasting. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's fine because we're digesting it. We can celebrate the fact that Shelton Benjamin is coming back to the WWE. I put this out there. I would put him on a list best pure athlete in wrestling that I've ever seen. Which show is he coming to? SmackDown, right? He's coming to SmackDown. Apparently so is Rhino. I am less excited about that. Yeah, Rhino... Rhino... Man, doesn't he look like he deflated? It's rare to see someone who is literally... You know, the, the expression... You, you give when you're feeling mean is, you know, they're as wide as they are tall. It almost applies to him. Well, but he's been like that throughout his entire career. He was I've always seen, a stocky gentleman. He was a stocky gentleman, but he looks now more, you know, he almost looks, I, I feel bad saying this because he could hurt me, but uh, he <laughs> almost looks like a bowling pin. Yeah. You know, kind of skinny on the top, wide in the middle, skinny in the bottom. Like a candlestick. Uh, bowling pin. Yeah, I suppose that's you're like a duck pin. No, no, a duck pin's the one that's curvy at the bottom and gets a little at the top. So it's candle pin? Maybe. <laughs> now I'm confused. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, uh, but speaking of Rhino, I'm willing to give Heath Slater. I, ha- I have nothing 
that I get out of Heath Slater that's positive, but he came out in the Dar- Damian Sandow Memorial T-shirt, uh, yep. and I he liked sure what did. I liked what he did. I was sad that Rhino kind of ended it so abruptly. I was like, okay, this is a Heath Slater. I can be interested in. I thought it was very strange that, I mean, you know, it was sort of a joke, I guess, but Shane McMahon referred to Rhino as the hottest free agent in professional wrestling, uh, you know, by proxy in that little promo conversation. Do you think that that is, I mean, again, Rhino, Bubby, I love you, you're great, you look, the gore is fantastic. Uh, you were a great champion in TNA. I thought that was a fantastic little run for you there. Um, but the hottest free agent in professional wrestling. Wouldn't I'm looking seen... at it right now, and you're looking at Rhino. Wouldn't that yeah? have been? Wouldn't that have been Bailey based on Sunday? Yeah. Wouldn't it be Shinsuke I... Nakamura, perhaps? I... I... It was. Yeah. It was. A, it was an odd thing to say. It was an odd thing to say. It builds Rhino up as a big deal. Because if you haven't been watching NXT, all of a sudden it's, hey, I remember this guy from back when. And, you know, I wonder what he's been up to. And maybe he, you know, for those fans that don't watch as religiously as we do, I suppose that's Shane's way of kind of instructing the, you know, structuring the narrative. Uh, I don't believe it. But um, one last thing I want to say about SmackDown, and uh, I think we have to keep mentioning this. I mentioned it on Twitter, but I'm going to mention it again. The biggest thing, there was no Raw replay. They yep. did not tell us what happened. I am so grateful. I Well, want that the makes t- sense, right? Because now each show is its own separate storylines. Before they were recapping because storylines were, in theory, continuing on SmackDown. So- but, but even back during the original brand extension, they still had some kind of like, you know, like a 30-second, this is what you missed from Raw. Now that there's a level of competition, in air quotes, between the two brands, they're not acknowledging each other except on Twitter, and I think that's good. I think they'll go back to that before too long, because at some point they're going to realize that there's opportunity to be cross-promotional there again. But you're right. For now, I'm going to enjoy the fact that they're not playing replays every 30 seconds. I don't want to get into the whole, you know, I know NAI Pod is doing a who won the week thing. Um, I'm not willing to get into that, mainly because when you've got a three-hour show with a deep roster and a two-hour show with a relatively thin roster, it's not fair. Also, they they need to be competing against themselves. Like, Raw needs I, to also, be... Honestly, though, I think SmackDown had a pretty good showing this week. I know it's probably not the wide opinion, but... <laughs> I would say based on what based on the arguments that you've made, your own personal opinions that you've expressed here on this show, obviously SmackDown would be the show you enjoyed and on more. On top of that, I only had I I could watch it from eight o'clock to ten o'clock and I could go to bed at a reasonable hour and it was over. Like Despite, that was fantastic. But now Go with me here because I I liked them both and again I don't want to compare them to because I want them to compare themselves to their and weeks again, prior. But Raw was fine. Raw had some great wrestling. Sasha had a great moment. I wish they had given her a bigger stage. I don't know why they did that on a Raw other than as you said you want to make a splash on your first live show. Sure, absolutely. Um, Anything but can happen. At the same time, uh, you know, great wrestling. I have no complaints about the Fatal Four Ways. I mm-hmm. I don't even have any complaints about um, Balor versus Reigns. Again, as I've been saying, Reigns operating at a very high level ever since he came 
mm-hmm. back before, not since the suspension, but for a while. Yeah. And then Balor is great between the ropes. I mean, there's mm-hmm. really very little to complain about no, in terms your, of the action your, they put you, on. Your problems, you've said, are all storytelling-based. They're focusing on characters that don't currently are not being told in a way that you find exciting. But my point about SmackDown is we had the Battle Royal. We had Becky versus Natalia. We had the six-pack challenge. Was there another match on that show? Now, granted, you had a battle royal. You're using basically everybody, because they had Miz TV. Did Orton wrestle the Miz? Yeah, he did. All right, so they had four matches, which I suppose in a two-hour second, you know. And part of it is... can we talk about Randy Orton for a second? Besides the fact that he looks like his father? And not I, in a not in a their hereditary way, in that Randy Orton's getting old and wrinkly kind of way. I was very surprised by the Randy Orton character that was presented to us on SmackDown this week. Um, he's a better heel than a face, but obviously he wasn't going to be a heel going in against Brock Lesnar, I guess, especially given current circumstances. But this whole jokey sort of face character from Orton you know that it kind of worked for him kind of refreshing but the content of his jokes I just I didn't really feel as though a masturbation and you know a pegging sexual preference joke really played on national television for a face in 2016, I would have thought that that sort of subject matter wouldn't be used in a derogatory fashion by someone who's supposed to be a face. I was sort of put off quite a bit by the things that Randy Orton had to say on that show. Full disclosure, didn't listen because... Uh. It's rare that Randy Orton has anything to say uh, that I care about. I thought it was very tone deaf. Um, it's it's one of those things like when you are a, I'm assuming that Randy Orton is in his 40s now. Uh, let me do a quick check here. Oh, he's only 36. Still, when you're 36 years old and you're a 13-time world champion and you are seen as one of the legends of the company... Unless you're in a DX stable that's intentionally doing that. Like, if you're in DX fighting against the McMahons, why would you do that? Is he trying to get the cheap pops? Is he trying to get I guess so. But he doesn't need them, right? Is he trying to get smart attention? you, You know very well, and you run an improv group, and you go up there... And it's live in front of an audience, and anything can come out of anybody. You always know there's somebody who you have to worry about, right? There's always somebody who's always going to take it to the blue humor every single time. As soon as somebody lobs that ball up in the air, you know they're going to take that opportunity. Or they're going to continue to suggest selling back soup at a deli, despite the fact that it's not funny at all. Max, hey, if you're listening, the more you I'm say sorry. It. The more you say it, the funnier it gets, right? That's how callbacks work. That's 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 just just a basic tenet. Well, but it wasn't comedy, a callback. Right? It was just. Ugh. Uh, yeah, anyways, we yeah, can do but, a, we can I do mean, our own separate show. Like I, I, I had that feeling, that impending feeling, like oh god, he's going to 
he's going to say something. You can't trust him. Like, here's, what well, is he and, doing? And here's There's what always I think, that guy. And here's what I think happened. I think the same thing happened on Battleground. Um, I don't think he's working off of a script. And I think Randy Orton, if you remember the history, has generally been considered to be a fairly immature guy. Yeah. You know, if you go back to the... Uh, the problems he had in his younger days, which we don't need to mention because it'll make me uncomfortable. Uh, what? That he had to go to anger management? Yes, for other for reasons. For reasons. I will say, in all fairness, so it, we've repeated several times that this might be what you're talking about, that he pooped in the bag of one of the divas. So that's the thing that makes you uncomfortable. But I went I, I out wanted, of my way to straight. not talk about it. I, I want to set the record straight because we've repeated that many times on this show. And actually, I do recall reading that that was not true. It was apocryphal. Uh, he, what he actually did was he took tanning lotion, like dark tanning um, lotion, and he he squirted that all over their luggage. Okay, fine. So in all fairness to the However, man, it does not dispel my point. That no, he's generally been seen as an immature guy. And so when you give him a microphone and free reign, I think he's going to go with what he thinks is funny, which is that. And yeah. the problem is a good portion of people, and some people kind of liked it, but I was watching the Twitter feed and the general consensus was, wait, what? And get me wrong. Like, there's that lowest common denominator who probably thinks that's very funny, but I like to think that in today's connected world, there's more and more acceptance around those sorts of topics. And I have the feeling that the, that the, the number of people who think it's okay to joke about those things in a derogatory manner is probably um, being reduced every day. Yeah. I won't say it's the minority yet. I, I don't know if we've come that far as a civilization. But... At the same time, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not above a little blue humor from time to time, but I do think that there's a difference, especially when you start talking about, like, the platform that you're mm -hmm. on. And when you're on live television broadcasting to millions and millions at home, especially a show that's rated PG and is ostensibly meant for a large portion of audience that are children, I, you know, I just, I just don't know that that's appropriate, given... Given those conditions. There's GQ. Especially. There's what GQ said on our draft show. Right. And there's what Orton said on SmackDown. And again, like you said, the platforms are very different. But it was a little much. And, you know, uh, I think Randy Orton, when he cares, can be an incredible performer. I've never found him particularly captivating. Yeah, his run with Rollins uh, around WrestleMania 31, it must have been, um, was my favorite Randy Orton. If you've ever, it's probably on the network. If I don't know if you'll get to it at some point, given your quests, but look up the series of matches that he had between. It was between Randy Orton and Christian. There was some good work in there as well. Um, All right, tired, Bubby. Tired? Apparently. All right, we have two more questions here. Well, why are you at two nine hundred ninety five followers? Because you don't tweet enough. So, well, no, it's because bots get deactivated. That's what he. Well, that's town that's USA probably says. true. All right, we got two more. I was kind of um, suspicious when my nine hundred ninety eighth follower was Burger King Monster Man or something along those lines, 
And it was a picture of the king. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if all the bots disappeared from my Twitter feed, it would, you know, I'd be down less than a thousand. So yeah. it happens. Um, okay. our I'd good buddy have less than 200. So our good buddy, uh, Stefan at S T E V zero F C B Stevo Fasib. Do you guys think the cruiserweight division would have been better on SmackDown? I can't say that it would be better because we haven't seen it yet. Right. I mean, again, I'll repeat the rhetoric I said last week. I think it would have made more sense on SmackDown given Shane, or in more. Or I'm sorry, Moro and Daniel Bryan's you know presence on that show. Uh, but at the same time, given that Raw is three hours, they certainly have the time for it in a way that I'm not sure SmackDown really does. So it's and again to DC's point, it's hard to say right now because we haven't seen it yet. But I mean, at the moment, I would have preferred it on SmackDown, but I sort of understand logistically why it's on Raw or going to be on Raw. Yeah. Um, and then let's see here. Uh, our good buddy Glenn at GA Russell Nut. When is DC going to appear on SmackDown, making Bo Dallas great again? Well, first of all, and I said this to you on Twitter, Bo Dallas is on Raw, uh, but he has returned <laughs> to more of his traditional Bo Leave gimmick. Uh, it was only on Superstars, but I don't care. Uh, he is great and will continue to be great. And if he is teamed with Braun Strowman, he will be really great. Braun Bowman? But, oh, this would be so good. be so good. All right, sir. Uh, we are wrapping up this show. We've got to go record A Private Earful, which you can hear every Saturday on the NAI Network. Please make sure you subscribe there. Uh, they've got major news coming up. Um, I believe I'm supposed to get copy of the uh, the promo I'm supposed to say for them. I don't have it yet, but if you are listening and have not heard, how dare you? You're doing um, a promo? They are going to be doing their live show before SummerSlam at Brooklyn's. You'll remember the name because it is at McMahon's. I believe it is right across the street from the Barclays Center down there in Brooklyn. They'll be there at 3.30. Rant with Ant and Matt McCool will be doing the pre-show at 3 o'clock. Please make sure that if you are anywhere in the Brooklyn area, you go head down and meet New Age Insiders and the gang. It's going to be a yabba-dabba-doo time. Wait, you're but again, you're do, being doing a promo. Nobody has told me about a promo. Nobody's asked me to do any promos. Are you you're part of doing the, a promo? Are you part of the message chain? The NAI no. network chat? No, I am not. I've never been included on that apparently. Well, that sir had oh, nope. I thought I did it, but apparently I didn't. I'm going to I will get that fixed. Apparently, I'm not allowed to add people. But uh huh, I see how. It oh is. no, there it is. I did add Doc Manson. You are now part of it. So stop your whining. I have never heard... mind the fact that I have far more theatrical experience than you. Then if they give us the copy, I am more than happy. Wait, how do you have more theatrical experience than I do? I was in plenty of stage productions, even throughout college. How many were you in in college? I tried to direct the odd couple, and it didn't work. Yeah, well, I actually performed in several, so there you go. I was, I did improv, all right? I also did improv. Just because I didn't play the butler in Clue, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I was uh, also on stage in Take 5, thank you very much. That's the Dave Brubeck song, right? <laughs> 
give me some positivity you're taking with you into your week there, sir, as we wrap up this show before we go record our other show. Um, I liked SmackDown. It was good. There you go. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Dean Ambrose in the coming days. That's fine. Uh, I am positive about everything. You know, people are saying, did Raw win? Did SmackDown win? You know who won besides us? WWE. People care a whole lot more. There are a lot of people who are saying they've been brought back in over the last week or two, and uh, they're excited again about professional wrestling, and that really is all that matters. So if we're excited about pro wrestling, there can't be a whole lot to complain about in the world, ignoring reality. Um, you can complain a lot about reality, but I choose to ignore it and live my life on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. I hope we get paid for that. <laughs> I would. I would like to get paid for some of this. You know, they say. Have you ever seen those things that people share on Twitter where they say, "Wow, my Twitter feed's worth one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars." I would like to know what my feed is worth, and then I would like to know if someone would like to pay me for it, because I can start <laughs> over again. <laughs> you know, I I, am, I love you, neighborhood, but if I can, you know, buy a nice house, I will start over again and accumulate my followers once more. Fair enough. All right there, sir. Anything final you would like to say before we head out into that good night? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash New Age Insiders. And purchase a t-shirt, preferably the DDT Wrestling shirt. Yes, they have lots of shirts there at New Age Insiders. My favorite's the DDT Wrestling one. Um, you know, if we get enough of them, we can get a Dockside shirt going on. See, I don't have a shirt. I don't, what, what's my, you know, if you'd get a Dockside shirt, what's my shirt? I have actually been oh. coming up with some designs. Oh, this is exciting. This is exciting. All right, Nothing there, to show quite yet. That's fine. I actually we haven't are, started. I just I'm in the conceptual phase. That's, I appreciate that you're thinking of me. It makes me feel I real am. good. We are DDT Wrestling. I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. Uh, I am DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI. Send us an email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Write a review, would you please? And... Like Chuck Woolery said, two and two, take two minutes to tell two of your friends about what you like about DDT Wrestling. And the more we grow, the more we get to give to you. Which sounds dirty. And uh, get some of your friends to follow me on Twitter, because I'm like 995 again. And Tomorrow's the day. This will not stand. We're gonna, no, it's, I see 996. We're going to get you over the top. He's Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews. We will see you around the neighborhood. Peace!